when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Tuesday, May 29th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 160. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and joining me today, back from vacation, Patrick Klevick. Yep, I'm here to take another vacation because I'm exhausted from my vacation. Well, you were on vacation. How? Why are you exhausted? I, my kid doesn't know how to relax. Can oh, someone, can someone, call, someone call her up? I, I, people are like, why did you go on the giant bomb cast and kind of funny... Um, that doesn't seem like a, a thing a human does when they take a vacation. No, because that's that's how you get away from your family for three hours. God, <laughs> you go do a you go do a video game podcast with your friends. Oh. You don't have time to get a beer with them, but I can go talk to Brad and bullshit over a microphone for a couple of hours. Speaking of uh, kind of funny, Patrick, I heard you hate capitalism. True. Oh, it was it was very, it's I've been I've really enjoyed the response. Most of the response has been extremely good, but I I think I opened up a response to. Uh, like labor and unionization, there was a sort of a, a winding question someone had about that. It was like I, I believe my exact phrasing was, "If I channel my innermost Austin Walker, capitalism is bad." Was the full quote. So you even tried to to, to shrug it off, and yet and yet people came for you. Ugh. Rob, actually, no, people people were generally it was a people were generally actually really good about right, that. That's were, good. Uh, I got a lot of really good feedback about folks that had not really thought about sort of awesome. like some of the trickle down problems of. of of capitalism and just like labor yeah so it was good it was good you i gotta I appreciate, reach uh, new audiences you know yeah no i mean what the 100 like that is uh i know that like you know greg miller's talked about having folks like jason schreier and other people on that you know sort of talk a little more about issues in in that direction but i was it was cool to have a venue to 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 uh to talk about that stuff so uh, my thanks to greg miller and all the folks at the bombcast for for having me on and giving me a vacation from my vacation I <laughs> rob i heard people coming for you too except that they have some machine guns uh yeah, I came. I could smell it. I could. I could almost taste it. That that chicken dinner was right there. It was right there. If I just cleared a living room properly, oh, I would have won it. Oh, I think I would have won it. What happened? I got super. Like I got super lucky in some ways. It was on the uh, the desert map in the southwest, mm-hmm. and I'd already started uh, way in that town with the um water tanks like way in the southwest and i was so screwed then i found the new car and drove that through like three ambushes um which was one of the most exciting things i've ever done in my life uh because like these were (laughs) these were big ambushes dude this was like some black hawk down shit like i was rolling through towns and suddenly just a cacophony of shots i made it up to that um Small church that's overlooking the old monastery. Yep. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. and I bellied up there, and uh, 
only one person came up there with the same idea, murdered him, and then the circle kept shrinking, and I kept being in the circle. Nice. And so I had a position. I was watching everything around me for miles. All I had to do was cover my six. Um, Had to make it into that monastery. uh, Cleared that. We were down to like seven or eight people at this point, and the zone is the size of a poacher's stamp. And now I had to leave the monastery and get down into the town. Right. And uh, it was great, dude. Like, suddenly I hear a bunch of smoke grenades going off, including mine. Like, everyone is flinging smoke into the street as they start this run down the hill into the town. Um, Made it into a building, took some fire, ran up the stairs. Uh, By this point, like, six people have already died. Um, And I swear to God, that living room was clear. I thought it was clear, <laughs> and I ducked into a into a room to watch the other side of the town, and then a grenade flies through uh, the, the the door oh, and kills me, oh, and buddy. so it was top three. That's but it how, was so that's how it goes. That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> On the replay, I swear I, I I looked right at the guy, and I guess he just didn't register. Oh, that's just you know that's just expertise. That's just time. You just need to work some more hours, and eventually you'll get. Sounds like we're already getting top threes. It's it's within reach. That mo- that moments like that are what hook you for like another twenty hours yep. of like bad runs. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that was that run was a I I already couldn't sleep because I've been playing PUBG before bed, so I gotten mm. back out of bed to play more PUBG. Oh my god, you got out of bed. Oh Rob, this wait, was wait, a wait, run. Wait, 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 wait. So wait, you you were like, was it you were hyped up or you were thinking about it in Ben? Like, what precipitated the moment where I should rather than like counting sheep or like counting. Uh, uh, PUBG shots in my head. You decided to get up and play more PUBG. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit, and I was like, I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping. And I also just felt kind of this this sense of incompleteness. Like, <laughs> no, I have not had the PUBG experience that I know I could have tonight, and it's a holiday weekend, so I'll just play a quick one. And it basically That's always that was, your like 50 minute match. Yep. Yep. Yep, that match I like I died in top three. That one wrapped up at like two thirty in the morning. Good. Uh and you can't go to sleep after that. At that point I needed some turn based strategy to sort of I, I wind down. I saw you launch Battletech. I saw I saw that tweet where you were like, oh, I'm too keyed up and then I literally saw you launch Battletech and I went to screenshot <laughs> of it. My eye, it was late, so my hands are moving too slowly. I couldn't get the I couldn't get the screenshot. Yeah, dude, I was so like I was uh like basically shaking by the time that match ended. Like the hyper awareness is real. I need to play more with you. Even just hearing the story gives me the itch. I really, really want to play more PUBG now. Uh, so I'm. <laughs> you hear the news today that PUBG Corp is is suing uh, uh, Epic in in Korea, uh, alleging copyright infringement. This is from from the Verge's story against Epic Games and has filed a lawsuit in the Seoul Central District Court to determine whether Fortnite has copied PUBG. Quote, we filed the suit to protect our copyright in January, says an unnamed PUBG official in, in a statement to the Korea Times. Uh, it, it's I'm very curious to see how this shakes out. I don't know. No, I don't know enough about Korean law and how it applies to games and IP law in general in, in Korea to, to know what chance they have. But they specifically called out things like the way consumables work and, and like uh, UI elements. So it's not mm. just the general like, – who the fuck knows? I'm very curious. It's, I mean, this sounds more like a sh- just like a shot across the bow, like a sort of yeah. like, hey, like – But it costs, t- we it probably, costs money. We probably can't contain – they have the money. Like the, mon- yeah, the money is not a problem. Fair. Like, you know, just like having lawyers, uh, you know, dance in circles for – 
you know, six months so you can send some press releases and, and pound your chest. Like, is a, is a drop in the bucket relative to probably trying to head off with their, like, the larger problem or the larger worry? Like, calling it a problem is maybe ascribing too much credence to their argument. Right. Um, which I don't actually think they have, like... Right, but that's the, the thing is, like, why not just put your head down and fucking make a, keep working on your game? Like, I don't know what they gain from this unless they really genuinely think they have a chance of winning. Maybe not Fortnite, but maybe you, maybe you scare off other competitors. Like, you scare sure. off other competitors from being like, you know, Fortnite's got... Power, like Epic Games is making right. fifty million dollars a month off their mobile game, right? right. So it's like, yeah, you're not going to take down Epic, but might you like bat away like six other people who are thinking about trying? Like, what does this mean? You know, I don't know what this means for Activision and Call of Duty. You know, what I mean, like it, right. it gets weird fast. Um, my my like initial take on it was just an eye roll and just they know this is like a doomed thing. They just want the headlines. Like they, right. this is like a. This is just, you know, a pump in their chest. Like, they're not actually. Yeah, I just don't think those headlines look good for us. You know what I mean? To, 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 even to fans of, of PUBG. But I do like that. I do think that the angle, you're right. The angle of like scaring off other mid tier, especially other Korean devs makes some sense to me. Um, it's smaller. desperate and sad. It's yeah, completely it's, desperate it's sad. and sad. Yeah. Like, it's, it's in, like, you know, I don't know Brendan Green. Like, he is, he is not a friend of the show nor a friend of mine, but like, not hard to imagine that like this stuff is pretty divorced from. Uh, the like dev side, the, the corporate, the corporate level stuff yeah. is a lot different than the development. De- like I, you know, I can't say that for sure. I don't, I don't know. But um, you know, if you're thinking like the way to turn around PUBG, which is not even a game that needs to be turned around. Like at this point, like in a lot of ways, PUBG and Fortnite are separate entities on separate tracks that right. just have um, crossover um, from a design perspective. Like I think, like there's a lot of folks, like people are PUBG or Fortnite people. Like and there is crossover, but like you know, I'm. I, they're kind of like on, you know, going in their own directions at this point. But like the problems that like PUBG has are like solvable problems that like should have been fixed a long time right. ago. Like the performance issues, the cheating, the server problems. That is all stuff that is like scales much higher on Fortnite. And yet they, you know, not that game doesn't have its issues, but like they've largely got that contained. You know, there's no version of Fortnite where like there was in PUBG where you have people playing certain game types because there are fewer cheaters there. <laughs> right. Like that's right. bad. Like yeah. that's like yeah. you have the money and resources to to make that work, and like scaling is hard. But yeah, you, you know, like what you're saying, like it's a bad fucking look when your response to having a game that has been dethroned um, after being you know sort of at the top of the heap for like the better part of a year uh, is to like start throwing on lawsuits. Like that's usually what you do from a position of weakness. Yes, not a position exactly. Of power. Exactly. That said, Epic is also suing the fuck out of a 14 year old for cheating. Yep. So. You know, uh, like let's not let's not Come pretend that Epic also isn't being like super fucking weird and aggressive against like a kid that probably doesn't deserve it when they're trying to make a point. Um, I mean, that kid didn't make that... the cheats, right? That kid, this is just nah, a kid who downloaded he used some mod. cheats, right? Yeah, uh-huh. he was warned a bunch of times. There was actually a terrific. Um, uh, I don't know I, the reporter's last name. Sarah. She writes for The Verge. She did a big deep dive on Fortnite and this this lawsuit uh, uh, in particular, uh, which she like breaks down exactly like not only what happened, but like uh, like a lot of the legal implications of like you know uh, these, Sarah these Sarah Jong Sarah Jong yeah, Sarah Jong yeah, who's and, also who's yeah. has always been a fantastic tech reporter. So great, yeah, great. Like just follow her on Twitter, and she's going to both point you to stuff that she writes and other stuff that's like extremely good um but she does a really great deep dive into this whole case and it will you will see why epic is doing what they're doing but it will not make you feel good about any of it right totally 
Uh, so anyway, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, off the off the PUBG train, we I can uh, I can talk a little bit about some more stuff from Judges Week as some embargoes have come down over the last couple of days. Uh, I don't want to stay too long on this stuff because it's it's mostly stuff that's been out there to some degree already. But I did want to check in and then then we can maybe pivot from one of these and go to another one. So really briefly, last week I said my favorite thing I saw uh, was Dreams, and I and that was uh, a really great. Experience I got into there, and and I think other podcasts have covered now too. So I don't want to go back there, but I will say I saw some other stuff at Sony that I can talk about now. There were some VR titles there. I played um, uh, Vacation Simulator, the the follow up to Job Simulator, and you know that was funny. It was a funny good time. It's that game is going to be charming. It's going to be more of that. Um, nothing that was super good to show VR to totally like like people who don't have not used it before. It's because like the. There's no skill ceiling. It's just you fucking around. Yep. And it's funny. So I'm, I'm glad there's another one, if only to have like a new sort of demo to show other people. It's really fun to prompt you to do shit. Do you know what I mean? It's really fun to mm-hmm. be like, uh, and unlike the first game, there seems to be a, some uh, slightly more complex design stuff around like challenges and like try to do this thing and unlock stuff this other to thing. Do. Yes. <laughs> a little more stuff to do, a little more objective, a few more objectives. Um, you know, there was a beach party. It was fun. Uh, I played another VR game that I went into with very low expectations, and it ended up being one of my favorite things that week, uh, Firewall Zero Hour, which is by the devs of Adrift. Uh, I forget what the name of that team is. So I want to say it's like 301 or something like that. And uh, to like further connect it back, like uh, the sort of like chief creative, I don't know his exact title, you know, Adam Orth. Right. Right. Uh, he may fame, you may scratch you at the bed of your back of your head going like why do I like remember Adam Orth like he was at the center of a controversy when he worked at Microsoft related to around the launch of what the Xbox or the reveal of the Xbox One when they were doing like the always uh, like uh, always on like online sort of stuff and right. there was controversy he made some comments about people that didn't. I, I don't want to mischaracterize what he said, but he said some controversial comments that, like, set a bunch of people off, and he, you know, a bunch of, like, disproportionate harassment went uh, his way uh, right. for as aggressive uh, or maybe um, uh, ill-spoken his, his own comments were. And then he went into sort of development after that, and Adrift, I believe, was, like, a sort of, like, metaphorical response to... Like, oh, I didn't realize that. His, I Yeah, I believe that is the case huh. where Drift was like sort of a metaphorical response to like sort of like where he felt after that ex- uh, that experience. So um, anyway, that brings us to him making a shooter in VR. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and, well, and it turns out the shooter is super good. Like I am not the person who would normally be like, oh, yeah, what I want to do is is get the ridiculous looking PlayStation uh, move gun controller the one that shipped with the fire what was that what's the other game fire base Wait, the one that was the space one the space was one on mars yeah it came out a couple of, far point far point far point uh bad game not yeah i did not good. enjoy that I, I played like two hours of that really thinking like really trying and like it's like a four-hour game and i didn't get to the end (laughs) right oh and and in general like the last thing i ever want i ever want is like more vr shooters in that single player model where it's just like a shooting gallery and i played some more of those last at judges week two um that did not really leave me feeling good there was one that had like some 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 cool shit but didn't necessarily have like any sort of it just didn't feel good and they're just boring they're just like i want more from vr but Firewall Zero Hour, which is the new game uh, from the Adrift team, is a VR shooter that like really just worked for me. It's a it's a 
multiplayer shooter. It's a competitive shooter. It's in the vein of something like Rainbow Six Siege or Counter-Strike. Uh, it's objective-based. I mean, there's a couple of modes. The one I played was was very Counter-Strike. It was, you know, one team is planting bombs or one team is defending bombs. The other team is disarming bombs. Um, there are character abilities. You know, there are like uh, – this is why I kind of compare it to Siege. It's like, oh, this character can take extra shots, you know, not and not go down. This character can hold extra ammo or this character can drop an ammo bag or whatever, right? Um, and it just felt really fucking good. Like it just I, – I, one, I did really well and that is a rare thing for me, playing against <laughs> other real people um, oh, and not just okay. not just playing against other other devs. It was not a devs throw the match thing. Uh, it was there were also some some other human players, I believe. Uh, the devs aren't humans, you know what I'm saying. Um, mm. But it was a it was like really tense. It I, I felt really good leaning around corners and lining up shots. Um, it is has a direct movement thing that did not make me sick. I was obviously playing on the new model PSVR, the newer model PSVR, and on PS4 Pros. But like I didn't get sick, and I'm normally right on that line where like it at the very least will win to me. But I did like three straight matches. I played for like 25 minutes and was good. I could have played for another hour. You know, um, I really really enjoyed it. And that's a game that when I first saw the trailer, I rolled my eyes. Like they showed that trailer last year at the event, and I were like looking at you, Patrick. Because at the Sony event, and I just like, mm-hmm. like, why are they even fucking showing this? Uh, and I couldn't have been more wrong. And I'm happy to eat crow and say like, hey, if you're looking for that sort of that sort of uh, experience on in VR, Firewall Zero Hour like really fucking delivered for me, um, which is an experience I didn't think I wanted. But you know, I like shouting. I like teamwork. I like shouting about going around corners and like breaching doors. It gave me the same sort of vibe that I love about PUBG in terms of. It's, uh, it's, I, I talk a lot about games that let you tell stories and like the, the geometry of the levels and the, the t- different tactics you can use and the different loadouts that you've brought all contribute to, to letting you say, ah, I was right there and the door opened and I had a, I you know, laid a claymore mine at his feet and blah, blah, blah. And like that, that stuff really worked so well for me. So again, firewall zero hour, uh, was a good one. Um, is there, is there a, um, a colon? Is it Firewall Zero oh, Hour, like in Horizon Zero Dawn, which yes. does not have a colon? Yeah, this one, oh wait, maybe it doesn't. Uh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing four news stories. That no, yeah, I would say do not rely I'm on how go the media to, has written this. I'm going to go to blog.usplay.playstation.com, and that says no. That this from uh, hello, I'm Adam Orth. This one does not have colons, so Firewall Zero <laughs> Hour, no colons. Um. It's cool. I would say check it out. I played it with that weird gun peripheral. You can also just play with a with a controller, um, and I bet that that plays fine and probably is the best way to play it, honestly. But I might still play it with the Move controller because it's fun and goofy. So, uh, and the last I played Days Gone. Um, hmm. Uh huh. Did did you all both see Days Gone last year? Did either? I of you? have seen multiple demos of Days Gone at uh, E3s, both in the public and private presentations, and. I am predisposed for everything that game is trying to sell me, and they have been some of the worst demos I have ever seen at an <sighs> E3 for, like, a big budget, like, where these de- these these demos are, like, it's just, you know, spit polish, like, it's it just bad. And when I uh, was on the Bombcast last week, I was hoping to pump Jeff, uh, Jeff for information, because he said... That he uh, saw, but he, he did didn't, not want yeah. to sit down. He didn't want to sit down and play it. He didn't. He didn't want to wait. So I saw I him like, well, watching a lot of people play that game. I, yeah. I 
stood in line and sat down and played that game for that that 20 uh-huh. 25 minute okay. demo. Yep. Tell Play, me. Go, what do you want to know? Tell me what you tell me what you already know about this game and then ask me some questions. Both of you. Uh, I I I I liked the Are show the biker stash was good? on FX. I was a fan of that show for like three seasons before it got really 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 bad. But I still watched it to the end because I have a problem. And the pitch of like Sons of Anarchy, like getting in a motorcycle, mm-hmm. going around a big world, running from zombies and specifically making the zombies built around sort of like the the core pitch of like the World War Z movie, which is that they are enormous hordes that can overwhelm you in the way that like films like don't necessarily always like portray or media in general don't portray really well like how a shambling horde might actually like overwhelm you. Uh, That all sounded all right. Uh, But just every time I saw it, it just... It just didn't look good. Like, like this is a really like a not a, a specific sort of observation. It just didn't look good. Like, it was just like did not. It seemed over ambitious. It seemed that they were like meeting the ambition in the design. And like, I guess like how does it play? How do the packs work? Like, does okay? How so does all that stuff the first together? thing, the first thing the handler told me was, you know, there are these big, uh, you know, uh, hordes out is in that the world. An NPC? The handler? No, sorry, I meant the the PR person who was telling me to sit down. I don't I actually don't know what their role was in the game, but he was like, uh, there are there are big hordes out there. There are these roving packs of zombies, but I'd advise staying away for those from those for the demo because they'll just they'll just kill you. They'll just kill you. So like, I didn't see any of those. They never. She was mm-hmm. like, they'll pop up on your map, and I was like, all right, if I, they pop up on my map, I'm gonna go find them. They never. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die because I want to see this is the thing that the game has, and it just never came up. Um, at all. Uh, it is, it is really drab and I don't just mean aesthetically. Um, like I have not watched Sons of Anarchy, but I imagine that that is a show with some larger than life characters. Um, no, this, no, (laughs) this guy is the, first of all, his name is like something St. John, sad boy St. John or something. Deacon, Deacon, Deacon St. John. Okay, Deacon. Uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. And he's just the, like, you can tell he's trying to, he's supposed to be a character who's a badass, but he just doesn't sell it in any way. He doesn't look it. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a biker badass with a heart of gold. He looks like someone said that that's what they wanted to design and, like, started with their first draft. And it just, his voice, his delivery, his writing, like, it's all so rough. It's all so, like, C tier first draft like it's it's fine for that first draft but and this game isn't coming out until next year it isn't until 2019 so there's time obviously but like it felt like it needed more time just in terms of characters and just in terms of like hey i met up some main characters i met some friends of this guy i met some people back at the base and none of them are memorable in any way and i and i don't have you know, we, we will talk about Save Decay momentarily. I I have a lot of room in my heart for very, for very broad sketches that I can fill in the blanks with. None, none of it worked for me here. Um, there's some stuff in the world that's kind of interesting in the same way that most post-apocalyptic stuff has, where it's like, all right, what is the story here? What happened to this world? And you know, even in the first few missions I played, I caught some whiffs of like you know, big medical military company, whatever, malpractice, you know, rainbow uh, uh, corporation style or umbrella, not rainbow corporation, umbrella (laughs) corporation style (laughs) shit. um, Where it's like, oh, they were testing on so-and-so and and blah, blah, blah happened. And all that stuff is like, kept my interest a little bit, but it was just at every moment, it felt 
like the combat felt bad, the driving felt mediocre. I'm sure so that's you can, the stuff that in the demos that like came off really like in the first dude. demo I saw two years ago. There was there was no UI, there was no real combat. Like it was a very stripped down. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hey, the the big pitch of our game is that you'll be on like a normal mission, and that like you just don't know when these packs of zombies are going to show up. Which isn't and, which like, which isn't the the pitch that they gave us at this event, which was like the hordes will be very clearly delineated, and you won't have to worry about them unless you want to worry about them. And that is that, mm. not the pitch, right? So the, the missions I went on were basically there was one where it was like I had to go to a facility that was like kind of a a laboratory, like a mobile laboratory, like in a trailer that was near a um uh, like a tunnel, and that one was like infested with zombies. And you know, I killed a few with stealth kill. Like, I, so I'm playing it literally as I've been playing Save Decay, and and I think this is what I'm about to say is going to say something. But the combat feels way better in Save Decay two than in days gone and i don't Holy think the, shit yeah dog yeah it's like that like it just feels so floaty it feels so i'm talking about days gone here oh my god it, it feels floaty <laughs> just... the none of the contact makes like uh, feels like uh, uh particularly physical or or like it has any weight behind it um there's nothing really interesting on the resource side in the in the little bit that i played because i was i was able to just get resources so rapidly uh and then there was another fight that was against human enemies where i used guns and like you know, it has kind of a Red Dead Redemption style mode of like taking care, like uh, slowing down time so you can line up headshots and stuff like that. So like in the bits that I and I was never low on ammo and it was easy enough to loot more ammo or change weapons or blah, blah, blah. Um, I was never in a place where it was like where it would have felt advantageous to summon the horde for them to deal with it instead of me, you know? So it was just, I don't know, there's not, there's nothing there for me right now. And that's on top of the fact that I feel like it is very much trying to do the Sony prestige style, right? It's trying to do the Naughty Dog House style or the, the, now I guess the Sony Santa Monica, the God of War, the Naughty, the uh, Uncharted, the Last of Us, like shot, reverse shot, the, like that style of dialogue, um and none of it is up to par and that's already a style that i don't love you know that's already not my vibe like unpopular gaming opinion welcome to waypoint radio that's not a style that appeals to me and so to see it executed on at a lower standard is just like it's troubling well, and, and, i, I and don't know what they're gonna do the, the other stuff doesn't seem to sort of like the like this like the idea of like sony investing in a big budget zombie game like trying to do something that's you know naughty dog you know god of war adjacent in terms of like production and sort of polish uh but then like putting in more of the emphasis on like systems and like right. world dynamics right. like i'm right. like that's that my sounds, shit right like that's awesome that that's part of what like microsoft was going for with state of decay was like very clearly but it seems it seems like with state of decay um that they they knew what they like. They they went a certain route, and mm-hmm. they just kept building towards yep. that route. And that route did not involve like the very like packaged like storytelling. Um, they ejected on it entirely. Like there is nothing. Right, they just said we're just not going to do that. That's just not yep. our game. Whereas with uh, uh, with Days Gone, it seems a little more like, well, what if we tried to do both? And it seems to be, uh, you know, probably too early to say about like the, the hordes and all that stuff. Like, but but like I, the, I don't know the how you initial, give a demo. Initial response. I, I just don't know how you give a demo of this game without making sure I see one of those hordes. 
Like the demo should end every time with you dying because of some dynamic instance where like they come in, even if it's like forced and arbitrary because right. the demo just is working on a timer. We're like, yo, after fifteen minutes, we're like, gonna spawn you're just in gonna a horde. run into yeah. a horde. Um, because like that was that was the original demo was a a ten minute like on a, a desolate farm where there's just nothing going on. It's very calm, it's very very peaceful, and then just hundreds of creatures descend, and like it didn't show you what the actual game was going to be, but it was like, oh, like. In terms of like a slice of like this is the big picture for the experience you're going to have. It's like okay, in a a busy populated genre of of zombies, right. like which um, that's at least something you can hang your hat on. Be like this is like art. This is our angle. Like this is what's going to make our game different. And it just doesn't seem like you know there's a lot enough of that or uh, that that's gonna make it distinctive. Or, or and I don't know. Like I guess yeah, I guess came away with the same way with, as you is when I've seen it is just like ah like. It feels like a C tier game in you know a you know a pack of you know whatever you think of like the Uncharted and stuff like that like you know are are right. they're aiming for a very specific thing and doing it well regardless of whether you like it or not. Well, so one of the things and we can pivot now because I know Rob, you and I diverge greatly in State of Decay Two, which is the other game that I've been playing a lot of. Um, or maybe we should take a quick break. Let's take a quick break here and then we'll come back so we can actually dig into State of Decay Two a little bit. Uh, we will be right back. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right. So what I was going to say before the break was one of the things with Days Gone uh, versus Save Decay 2, and again, I've only played like 25 minutes. I watched a few other people play through their demos. So I've seen, you know, on top of the, the exclusive footage that Game Informer has and on top of, you know, a few hours of this game now, right? All set. I'll have the other demos I've watched. Um, the thing that, uh, that Days Gone wants to do is make you overcommit bleed through resources, and then a horde can fuck you up. Because as far as I've seen, humans have not were not ever a real problem uh, in combat. But, but the hordes clearly do outpace you. So when I see footage of that stuff, whether that's the original E3 thing or some of the footage that's come out from other outlets from, from you know, Game Informer had some exclusive horde-based stuff, the idea is like, okay, I have an objective, I have to get through that horde. But... You're like never in my experience. I was like never low on any equipment. I was never low on on ammo. I was never low. I was always near a motorcycle. I could have always fled. Whereas the thing that happens to me in Save Decay Two, which works so well, is I often end up overcommitted, a little too ambitious for my own good, uh, and and too unwilling to back the fuck off and and give up on an objective, and then it fucks me up. And that's one of the things I love about Save Decay Two. Um, but Rob, it sounds like you are having a much different experience than I am. Yeah, um, and I should uh, like I should preface this by saying I was super excited about State of Decay too. Like this is a game I was strongly predisposed to like mm-hmm. in the face of any flaws I might encounter. This weekend, my partner 
kind of sort of requested I stop playing it. Oh, boy. Uh, because it was just pissing me off, like, visibly. Um, and I'm really surprised by how turned off th- this game makes me. Like, it feels a lot to me like they took everything that was, like, cool and refreshing about State of Decay 1, the world is always... Uh, sort of active, the clock is always advancing, Uh, your needs continue to evolve and shift, you have to manage your colony, all that stuff that, you know, the the sort of hustle you have to maintain to keep your survivor's colony uh, alive and thriving, while also preventing the outside world from just getting completely zombie-infested to the point you just get overwhelmed. All of that has been, like, cranked up for the sequel, and it's all hit a point where, like, A, I find the systems are now just kind of pissing me off rather than evoking any kind of huh. interest or excitement for me. And B, they are now relying on so much of, like, procedural narrative design to, like, to carry these characters uh, that I have no investment in anyone in this world, uh, including starting characters. Like, everybody is just a cipher with random character traits assigned that will never be expressed in any meaningful sense. And so the experience of playing this game for me is... It is a... Well, a Sisyphean task would be the way to put it, but it is very much like you're trying to fill up a bucket with a hole in the bottom. Mm. And except that's the bucket... Really, I think that's a really good metaphor. Yeah. Except the bucket is also sending you lots of follow-up emails about why isn't it full yet. And, you know, hey, are you going to are you gonna take care of this? Uh, what's, the, what's the status on that medicine transfer? Uh, just letting you know, uh, we're still here, still need help, still need... Like, it is this nonstop, like, requests from randos that you're getting while playing that game while the rest of the world continues to have shit happening in it. And then your own survivors, your your own colonists, uh, who are supposed to, like, in the first game, I remember them having exchanges and, like, feeling like they were real relationships within your survivor's camp. And now it's just, like, random fucking anecdotes to nowhere. They're the most boring, uh, <laughs> the most boring group of people uh, so sort of thrown together. Is, uh, you should go back and replay that first game because it doesn't – outside of the author characters, which it had that, that, that this does not have, which were, like – Marcus, uh, your other starting dude, and then the Lily, Lily yeah, Gunner, who's yeah. in this game, and then uh, the the soldier, um, Grace. I want to say maybe her name was Maya. Maya, it was Maya. Grace is the name of the soldier that I got in this. Um, Maya. That's a game that had no author characters, and and none of those other people did have meaningful conversations. Like it, it. But those four were definitely an anchor if that's what you needed. Um, and, that is, and that is, it turns out, what totally. I need. Like, I do not need much to create a sense of the world being, like, real and having real stakes. But I need something. Like, my starting characters are brother and sister, mm-hmm. um, Christian and Olivia. And they're estranged siblings. And the tutorial, they even refer, they have, like, totally. two pieces of dialogue referring to their that, shared history. That tutorial is, like, the the, it's a... I think it sets the wrong the wrong expectations, and it's why my favorite group is the one that I made after the tutorial. Like, I think a lot about this game in terms of strategy games, and the best thing I could have done, and I wish the game encouraged you to do this, was to start over with a completely random slate of characters. I still have that main game, 
going, which which has the kind of uh, kind of on again, off again lovers. Um, but my favorite game is the one that's three random, completely random characters where I get to see all their traits ahead of time and kind of build from the jump my own story because it put me in that mode immediately. Um, I, but I'll say more fundamentally, the thing I love about this game is the bucket with a hole in it feeling. Um, I mean, it's also what I love about the other Microsoft game this year, uh, uh, Sea of Thieves, which is the feeling that, uh, in fact, it actually it pushes it over over the, the the ledge a little bit. The thing I love about Sea of Thieves is something is going wrong, and I need to try to figure out how to fix it. The thing that I love about Save Decay 2 is the lesson is you cannot help everybody. You cannot attend to everybody who needs help. What you can do is decide and prioritize who is the group that you care the most about and who are the groups that you want to build affinity with um sometimes that makes me a fucking coward because i'm going to choose when you say like okay there's this group of lushes who are trying to build a still so they can make alcohol and there's this group of ex-soldiers which one do you not want to piss off it's going to be the ex-soldiers and that just does a lot for me when it comes down to me choosing which group i or which directions i want to play and and in terms of just keeping me involved in that way um, I also think that the bucket metaphor works for me to some other degree, which is I think that there's also a way in which you can think of that game as a narrative is is filling up that bucket. And there are two faucets. There is the faucet the game is going to to open, which is the one in which it has those those anecdotes about playing basketball before the thing fell apart, or I have a carjacker on my crew right now. And it's like, she has different stories than everybody else. I actually definitely got a character, Rob, that is voiced by someone who is not the voice actress of Glitch in Battletech. But oh, that no. character is very similar in that she is like a little too smarmy for her own good and a little too like... She's having too much fun out here. I don't know what's going on, but she is really enjoying this shit. Uh, and I actually really like that, that, that character. But the other faucet is the stuff that the game is not giving you. I mean, to be clear, there are, other, there are other things that the game does give you, right? So, like, yesterday I did a mission with my sheriff, who is the leader on this one of my, my two main games, uh, whose job was to go... Uh, there'd been a murder. There'd been a murder at another, at another group, uh, and... We, I went there, and they were like, okay, we're pretty sure this one person did it. Can you go get her? And we went and to get her, and they said – I ran into the person who was accused of murder, and she was like, no, I swear I didn't do this. You can help me find the gun that they think I used, and if I can find that gun because I stashed it somewhere else, it will prove I didn't do it. Find the gun, return it to, to the group, and it turns out that the other person had done the murder and freaked out, and we had to have a fight with him, right? And like, so there are bits of story. There's dialogue all through that stuff, obviously, right? So there are bits of story. But the more important faucet is that second faucet, which is the one that you bring, which is the one in which I roll my eyes when the shitty CEO says that we need more order around here. And you know, he's a shitty CEO only because he has the trait former CEO. And he isn't saying, oh, you know, the way I run things in my old corporation, I was always the executive who gave a command. But I love filling in that gap so much. And I wish this game, I wish games in general, I wish non-interactive fiction games were better at training players how to do that because they're very good at teaching us how to evaluate space to, to like figure out uh, how to like I think about games like The Division or Gears of War or XCOM where it's like okay I can look at a space and figure out where what places are safe and what places are are dangerous but most video games are not particularly good at teaching you how to 
turn on that second faucet. Uh, and the best, the best ones are the ones that, that do are at least are, are mostly good at kind of opening the faucet for you. Um, and I think this game probably could have, or definitely could have opened the faucet more for you in the way that the first game did here or there. I don't uh, but see. I don't, I don't buy that. It's like, oh, the game just needs to teach you to, you know, sort of bring your own fun and bring your own investment and like read, read, read context and meaning into these interactions. These interactions are so nakedly probabilistic based on these random traits. And there are so many of them that are misfiring all the time, or they're firing so rapidly that they pass without any of them really sinking in that there is no, if I invest something in myself in like creating the story of my colony, my group of survivors, the game is not going to grab my hand and help me support that. The game is going to drop that repeatedly. See, but that hasn't, that hasn't happened for me. This is where I, I push back is like I've had that experience where it works for me. When I talked to Kevin, who just wrote that great piece for us on disability in uh, Frostpunk, he's having that experience with with uh, State of Decay and he's filling in the gaps and it is working. When I, you know, there are other – Jane, uh, another friend of mine, has been playing it and posting updates on, on her Twitter feed and like telling these stories. So – while I definitely understand that you're not having that experience with it, the thing that the thing that I want to get to is how do we how do we then account for the fact that all these other people are having that experience? And and for me, it's not to say that you're wrong or something. I don't think you know. I love lots of games. Lots of people don't like, and I I genuinely believe those other people are right not to like them. It's why I don't recommend them. It's why like I. I always have a caveat when I say Dragon's Dogma is one of my favorite games because it probably won't be yours if you're <laughs> listening. You know what I mean? Um, and I, so this is one of those for me. This is one of those games that I'm really enjoying. And what I what I um, what I tense up against is the notion that somehow me bringing the fun to it is not the is not an accurate way to play or is not a viable way to play. It, it, I don't think it's representative. You know, but I don't think that that's a problem, if that makes sense. I mean, you know how I play Stellaris. You know how I play games. It's just the way I play things. And those, if it brings something out of those games that other people don't have, for me, part of the thing is like, how do I, how do I help people have that sort of fun with these games? We play XCOM together every week and we bring something to that game that that game, that game doesn't fucking support Valravin fucking son of Odin. You know what I mean? We we built that off of seeing some ravens on a rooftop and him getting three straight shotgun hits, and so like that is how I play games. And I want what I really want is that what the for me the problem with Save Decay is that it didn't it had the opportunity to make more people see ravens on the roof and say that guy's the fucking son of Odin, and it didn't teach them that, and and that is where I think I hold something against it because it was in a position for the price point that it's at and for the fact that it's putting so much on its probabilistic storytelling that it it should have at least put the fucking pen in your hand to encourage that stuff so i don't know that's that is definitely how i'm how i'm feeling right now yeah like i would have yeah i would have liked if there were ravens on the rooftop like for me these things begin to break at moments like the other day I'm responding to yet another group in the valley that's like, hey, we need medicine. Still need medicine. Uh-huh. Any we got any medicine? We're 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 pretty hard up here. So finally I'm like, all right, uh we've we've taken out some plague hearts, we've cleared some infestations, 
Uh, Your A priorities are dealt with. You kind of have, like, you've spun the most important plates. Yeah, and and by the way, it does not feel like these people have been around here long. Like, literally, Uh the, the drip feed of new pressures put on you is very, very fast. So, like, literally, in playing time, the first time these people put in a request for medicine was probably, like, 20 minutes ago. Right. Maybe Which 30. is not even an in-game day. Right. It's very short. So I load up the car with medicine, drive out to their camp. As I am driving up the driveway, like literally my car is pulling up to their garage. Right. I get the, well, fine. I guess, uh, <laughs> guess, guess you guys are just going to let us die, huh? Uh, well, we'll see how, how it is when the shoe's on the other foot. And so I and get out like, of the car. I'm right fucking here. Yeah. Yeah. I get out of the car with my medicine. And they open fucking fire on me. Yep. If they're hostile, they will just go hard immediately. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I gun them down. It's, it's whatever. They, they, they go down pretty easy. Uh, but at that point, it's like, I still, like, I have no idea who they were. Like, literally, right. this was my first and only interaction with them, I think, was them basically whining about medicine for like 20 minutes. Uh, on top of all the other radio message, uh, messages I was getting. And then as I'm pulling up, they're like, you know, death to you for not bringing us that medicine that you're carrying. Like, <laughs> right. and, that you're and that is not, and that is not right a unique now. story. Yep. This, that, that has happened. Something similar to that has happened multiple times in my time with the game. And I think there's another aspect of this, which is, what's the way I put this? Uh, certainly like, when I was freelancing, but also just like this, this whole game feels like when you completely lost control of your, your, your email inbox and there are too many people who need too many things from you every day. And you know, like that part of you that eventually just starts like having this reflexive visceral, like just give me a fucking minute. Just Mm -hmm. can you back off and give me 20 fucking minutes to like, you know, swallow a sip of coffee and eat a goddamn bagel. This game, I know that feeling. (laughs) This game is that feeling distilled. Like, and this is why my partner was like, maybe you should stop playing this. Like, it is like you clearly hate this game because I was tensing up while I was playing it. The the dynamics of this game and the way it functions, it is like opening a hell mouth into a world of just unending need from people you do not know and do not particularly like and owe nothing to. And yet, who will be endlessly passive aggressive? Have about you thought about being an evil person in this game? What I really, I really want the Rob Zachney Bandit Lord version. Maybe of that's this? how I salvage this game. Maybe like, yeah, have okay. you thought about promoting a warlord and just saying fuck it? No, fuck so I, pro- I promoted a fucking sheriff, and so no, like, I'm fucking. The whole thing with sheriffs literally is all of their shit is all of their missions literally are. We're out here to help these randos, and literally the other people in your base. Every time you get a mission, they're like, "We should be dealing with ourselves." Fuck these randos. You should go kill that person and promote a warlord and come back to me next week, and just start being instead of showing up with the medicine, you show up with a gun. Yeah, I'll give it a try. The other thing I will say. The combat is super weightless. Like, in terms of the way the game plays, it does not feel substantially improved upon the first game. No, I think it's, like, me. the same combat mo- model as the first. Like, the dot, the, like, Alan Wake-ish hit the B button <laughs> so... to do a little, like, duck-down dodge to dodge out of things. I'm, I'm hitting, like, the same button combos I did the first game. And is there I, anything I, like, more again, feudal feeling than, like, 
when you're standing, tr- like your foot is caught on a piece of fence post geometry and you are just like a tenth of a degree off from the thing that would hit the zombie. So you're repeatedly swinging yep. through In the air. The or zombie. Like, uh, it's really bad around doorways. It's yeah. so bad at doorways. Good thing you don't like, go I'm in houses all the thing. fucking times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff that you, I like the upgraded stuff a lot. I love the like leg sweep to ground kill thing. There are some good opportunities for like, quick kills once you develop out some of your moves but you know i don't that is not the appeal for this game and if that's what you want like i think going like it's just never going to feel as good as as last of us combat is you know yeah Um, they're better i don't know i'm in in a weird place like for me i would say like i would still probably turn people on the stage with a k1 over this one because i think it is a better on-ramp and i think there's more authored content in that i think it's just so much worse best in the world yeah, it definitely has way more author content. Um, but I will say, I just think it's so much worse at the base management stuff, at at, at uh, foregrounding and explaining why your morale is bad. At the base building stuff is so much more interesting here at the high level. There's so many more difficult choices that I'm making than in State In Save Decay 1, I became self-sufficient within the first, like, six or seven hours. I moved to the best base, and then you know, I was fine forever and i never made another interesting choice now i'm constantly like oh do i want to do i want to take down my solar panels and instead invest in a world like the fact that i don't have a workshop right now is fucking killing me i moved my main group into a police station because it had the ability to craft ammo without needing a workshop and i was like awesome but the ammo it crafts is only police ammo it has like nine millimeter magnum and shotgun rounds but my best guns use rifle rounds. It's like a PUBG situation where it's like, yeah, I have all the fucking 9mm I could ask for, but no 5.56. Five, um, and that has been really, because now my whole big project is like, all right, I'm saving up influence and I'm getting my materials ready to move into a base where I can actually have a proper workshop and take advantage of this other stuff. But then I, there's stuff that, uh, that I have for free at the police station that I, don't, that I won't have at either of the other bit bigger bases on the map that I'm on. The um, and that only stuff thing I'm, I'm still so invested in in this game is there's one campsite that I've really got my eye on. Um, is it the one in like the Southwest? It's like camp Kahula or something like that. Yeah. It's got a fucking well and a it giant good, kitchen dude. and tons of beds. And like the last, yeah, I mean the last people who held it got eaten, but that's not going to happen go. to me. No, definitely not. Um, you need two things I think to enjoy this game, Rob. One, you need a warlord Two, You need me just improving that they could ship me with this game. <laughs> I think people, right, but, I think it would be a better game. But I think that is, that is the problem. Is this game is like it would be a good game master's tool set, mm-hmm. but there is nothing in the game that plays the part of the game master, and right. it just needed that little bit of I don't know. Just I don't I don't know if it needs just a little fair. more authored content or just slightly more maybe well, like, like bespoke event chains and no, I think it, it also needs to like see that you're fucking driving up with the with the medicine that shouldn't yeah. happen like i'm not i'm not blind to that you know what i mean like if yeah. you're driving up with the medicine they should be like hey i guess you're not coming and your character should be like oh no we're right here just record yeah. that just record every one of those people saying oh we'll be right there um and and being able to like actually respond in that way in some way would be great you know um i'm really curious about it as a platform uh the fact that it's part of game pass means that it will have its own fair share of opening players in the same way that sea of thieves did uh so i'm really curious to see how they support it in the coming weeks and months um but you know i this is weirdly this is the reception i expected it to get all said um i didn't expect this game to review well because i've played it a couple of times and 
knew that it didn't feel as good as most you know, third-person shooters or, or action games did and knew that it wasn't like once they said there are not the Marcus and Maya equivalents in this game it's like oh okay it's all proc gen characters it's all proc gen relationships with other with other stuff this is dope for me but I definitely suspect that in the long run they will be hurt they will be they will have wished that they had those character uh analogs for sure um Patrick you've been yeah, quiet you're about the too. same way as Rob here right yeah, I'm more Rob than 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 you. I've wanted to like this game a lot. I I gave it about five hours and have not gotten over like the initial hump. Which like I mentioned this when I talked about it with Brad on on the Bombcast, but that like you know part of it like pushes against like the nature of how you play other like more forgiving yeah. authored story oriented oriented uh, games. But like I also play like difficult, challenging, like unforgiving games. So it's not you know it's not something where I'm just running into like you know yeah. expecting an easy experience, but um yeah i find the onboarding to be just like unbelievably poor Mm -hmm. and like in the first couple of hours just like just generally having like no idea what i'm supposed to be doing and like realizing like from a design perspective that it's like meant to make you feel stressed and like but the stress i'm experiencing is not stress we're like haha who i got tough decisions to make it's like yo like you just really haven't like actually made me understand what like a lot of like the stuff is I get the general loop like oh find resources bring them back but it's like immediately you get your base and it's like here like six different things you can build like why like which which one should I build like oh I'm opening my map with like a bunch of like trees I can pick from that like are showing where all that stuff can go like okay but like what's important like I just I needed a little bit more and um that's why I think granted I I played it early and it's a game that if I had it's one of those games where like I wanted to read an article that was like 10 things you should know right. about State of Decay 2 before you start playing, rather than what I did was like play five hours of it, like get to the end and go like, I'd kind of rather just play like a shitty David Cage game because at least I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like it just in the sense that like I can wrap my head around it and like think about it and like engage with it in a way that I understand and... uh like I, I, I would like to get over that hump in Save Decay so I can dislike it on the terms more that Rob mm-hmm. is speaking to as opposed to the terms that I'm currently on with it, which is just like I'm just sort of frustrated and like haven't found what should be engaging about it, even right. though intellectually it's like should be something that I find fascinating. But I'm just not I'm just not there yet or at least haven't gotten over that hump where I can just declare like, OK, actually, this really just isn't for me, which is right. fine. Um, it, but it's I, one I, of those things that's interesting because I think the first I'm thinking a lot about Rob's suggestion to go back and play the first one. And it's interesting because there's almost like multiple types of tutorialization. On one hand, I don't think that that game is any bad. I think it's way worse at which upgrades should I build because it's way worse at. Uh, kind of highlighting what you're, what you need and why you need it in terms of like the stat screen. Um, but having that anchor of characters you know are important characters, and having much a much more authored beginning than than Save Decay Two does, especially if you're not using the the kind of tutorial intro where you go through the same base with the two characters and blah blah blah, like that might be enough to grab and like to make you push through some of the vagueness not you specifically but the the kind of broader you where it's like okay i'm grounded by the fact that marcus is my character who i do lots of looting with and maya is my really good combat character and i can just focus on them for now and deal with base shit as it comes um like yeah i kind of my ideal uh having played through it and the frustrations i run into i i sort of wish like the way it was structured was like 
you had something like very handholdy to get you mm-hmm. through like the the core loop of the game for like two or three hours, and then you just lose fucking everyone. Right, that's the game exactly just wipes. it. There's a, there should be an event that just wipes you out. Yeah. Like you start off at, like you start in a small map that that is just like this is just here to give you some idea. All your characters die, yeah. you lose everything, or maybe one of you wakes, you know, your main you get character one wakes up through. somewhere else. You get kidnapped, right, I don't know, right. like, whatever. But it's like, there, there's a, a real structure to, like, okay, this, we're gonna, we're gonna get you through, we're gonna help, like, this whole, like, help you find some of the fun that this game has, but in, like, a more, a safer environment. And then eventually we're gonna pull the rug out, and you're either in or you're out, but, you but it's, you're not gonna be in a situation yeah. where, like, you don't feel like you're prepared for the generally how you're supposed to approach the game i think this game far too quickly gets to the yo like we're pulling out like here's a giant map which like for someone that's plays state of decay like yourself and, and even rob to some extent like you look at that and, like you have a framework right and it's like i've played a lot of like the fucking games that fit into a, sim- a framework adjacent but like there's there, it's something wrong when i come into this and go like i'm just feeling frustrated and and i don't yeah no i don't know where to i don't know what to do next i'm just kind of like throwing up my hands should i be back in the base like i just don't fucking it's not a stress because i don't have enough resources it's a stress because i just don't even know what the game is asking right well like you look at the the open world map with the towers to climb and look at things right like there's there are there are billboards and stuff like that that and, and and cell phone towers that you can climb to kind of look down and mark stuff on your map you can, here's a hot tip. You can also do that if you find one of the Google cars in this game and just drive around in it. It will wow. map stuff for, for you automatically. Um, oh, that's kind of awesome. It's, yeah, it's a neat little thing. Um, but the – and you'll see they have like the big Google camera shit on the top. Um, but the the loop is so unlike games that have – like the U, it's not the Ubisoft formula where you're like, oh, first I'll go here and then I'll go here and do the quest in this zone and then I'll go to this zone. Like it is not an Assassin's Creed game in that way, but it does not tell you it's not one of those. I know that because I played the first game and did the loop from going from house one to house two, from house two to house three, and that's how I moved through the map and like upgraded my, my shit along the way and kind of looted everything around in the first area or like learned to – especially now with the plague hearts where it's like, no, you have sometimes have to go really far away on the map. Um, and and really bring a lot of shit to go take care of one of those play cards and then hope that you have enough to get back safe. Um, and it does not, it definitely, if you're not, if you don't have that save of decay one experience of like, that is the map I'm looking at. This is not, uh, I'm not going to find the quest giver in each zone, you know, then, then yeah, it's, it's really hard to, to onboard yourself to that. Um. All right. I'm gonna probably probably stream this one more time. I, I've done two streams of Save Decay in the last week or so that are probably worth watching. I ended up with a very goofy fucking team of college. Fr- Again, this game did not make them college friends, but me in the chat absolutely made them college friends. It's like a philosophy major who named himself Socrates. Uh, that's literally what his nickname is. Uh, a poli sci major who became like a, a political canvasser who gets bonuses to talking to other survivors and then a theater major uh and they are just all the fucking worst and and like literally like the the i got we are very lucky with the person who had the philosophy major trait uh literally has like the snarkiest shittiest like meanest dialogue uh, and so that stuff has been very good. You can find those over on Twitch. I don't think either of them. Maybe the first one is up on YouTube, uh, but there's been a second one, and that one is on is on Twitch at the very least. So check those out. Uh, are you all ready to dip briefly into the question bucket? Yeah, let's do it. All right. If you have a question, you can send it into gaming at vice.com with the subject question. This one comes in 
from a concerned fan. Highway Point Crew. Last night I had a dream that I was attending a party at your offices. At some point in the dream, someone installed a, or initiated a party game where we broke off into teams of two and had to pick a card with a random phrase on it uh, that best described Danica. I was in a team with developer Christine Love who insisted that we use the card labeled Everybody's Mom. I, on the other hand, was adamant that we play a card labeled Lincoln Park. What does this mean? Please help. Hmm. I Link Everybody's Mom versus Lincoln Park. I feel like this is a, a, a McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's triangle. On one end is everybody's mom. <laughs> on the other is Lincoln Park. I don't know what the third one is. It's, like, it's a good dream. This is I think, inscrutable. I think that it means that you don't know what our offices are like very much. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, with a concerned fan. I think just keep dreaming. I'm, I'm concerned for this fan. For this fan, like, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna a, cons- flip that a name concerning around. fan. Please, re- keep, but please keep writing in about your dreams. Oh, yeah, please, 100, percent please. All right, this one is a little more real. This one comes in from Jeff J, and actually ties into some of our State of Decay stuff. But also, hey, D- Dark Souls Remastered just came out, and I know I already know Patrick's answer to this a little bit. So, hey, please. hey, waypointers, I was wondering if y'all consistently make the same character in games with create a character modes. I don't mean making essentially yourself, which I'm sure everyone has done now and again, but actually making a consistent character between games. I ask because back when Rock Band first came out, I used the character the character customizer to make myself a female bassist, Jean. She's a tan-skinned brunette with lots of tattoos and a preference for, for light blue and crimson color schemes. Since then, I've used her as an avatar in several other games, and they have become part of my mental lore of her life. She grew up in the industrial side of town in Los Santos, where she became a heavily tattooed biker girl, GTA 5's on, online mode. She eventually learned to play bass and joined a band, all rock band games, before returning to her criminal roots and becoming the head of the Saints, Saints Row the Third. <laughs> Anytime she shows up at a fantastic or science fiction-y world, I imagine she's playing a tabletop RPG with friends or daydreaming about a movie series, as in the Elder Scrolls or KOTOR, for instance. Am I alone in this, or do any of you do it? Thanks for the show. Keep up the great work. Jeff J., uh, Boise, Idaho. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I uh, as someone that uh, not, doesn't find this as particularly creative at coming up with characters, but I kind of just stuck with... Uh, uh, I just plucked Odetta from uh, the the Dark Tower series, and she has just become like my personal avatar in like largely in the Souls games. But I, Odetta will also make appearances in in other games. But uh, like specifically in the Souls games, she has aged from game to game, which doesn't necessarily fit like the timeline canon of of the games. And the, that means she also crosses over into Bloodborne. Um, but nonetheless, like Odetta finds herself uh, uh, in a general like a similar character. Um, it kind of fits the kind of character that like I want to play in those games too. Like someone kind of doesn't give any shit and kind of pushes back, even as your character is quiet. Um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 my approach, and I'm going to say that as I go and answer my door, and then I'll be back in a second. So continue. Okay, Rob, how about you? Do you ever have a, a no? A my characters name don't or... jump franchises. Like hmm. they're they're pretty. Like it is, I don't. Not every character I create is going to be me. Uh, like there, there are some, like some games I just feel moved to go in a completely different direction with my, with my main character, but they all tend to like, uh, like excluding games that are part of series, they all tend to sort of be confined to their worlds. Uh, cause I kind of like it 
that way. Uh, I, I get hmm. I like because for me that builds out the world a little bit more. Right. The only games that I do this in are games that you could imagine touching each other in terms of vibe, uh, and really only one vibe, which is the Animal Crossing, Harvest Moon, Stardew Valley, Magician's Quest, uh, Starbound, even. Um, Anything where it's like, oh, I'm just kind of a regular person doing some exploration and meeting friends and building a farm or a house. Uh, and I always play as Argyle, a character named Argyle, named after the diehard character who always has purple hair and big glasses and is like my tweest self. Uh, so that is the only game where I really, the only kind of character who jumps with me from game to game. I guess I probably, when I was younger, I had something similar. Um, or you know what? Sometimes I'll have a, a character who shows up in multiple things, but is something like i definitely spent when i was in in college i made a ton i made all of the tabletop characters uh in my legend of the five rings games uh whenever i was playing like a romance of the three kingdoms game right they would all make it into that or when i was playing a samurai warriors or a dynasty warriors game with create a character like and i still do that to some degree when i play darkest dungeon you fucking you bet that a lot of tabletop characters wind up in there or we did the XCOM stream where you saw some some tabletop characters show up uh in in our first XCOM 2 war of the chosen stream before we started our new playthrough so like that happens um but by and large i don't if i make a character for a setting if i like make for instance i have a skyrim character who is like an elven princess who got you know waylaid on her way through skyrim like that character stays there i'm not also going to play that character in dark souls or something like that you know I do. Uh, I also. I uh, also plucking from the Dark Tower. I name all pets in all games Oi, uh, after the my beautiful boy Oi from the, mm-hmm. the, the travels around with them in the Dark Tower. Yes, yes. Wait, was, was that your? Did you also? Did you make Oi for Dragon's Dogma? Uh, yeah. So it also means I applied it to yeah. my. <laughs> what, uh, what are they? I forget what they call them. Your pawn. Pawn. Yeah. Which felt like the equivalent of like your like a servant dog. Yes. Uh, that is like following you around. So <laughs> yeah, my favorite. My favorite was like Big Buff Oi, um, <laughs> who like followed me around in Dragon's Dog. It was like your warrior. Was, like the complete. Uh, yeah, complete opposite of like this doofus little dog that uh, uh, follows them around in, in the Dark Tower. But, like that was that was probably my favorite incarnation of Oi. He is somewhere out there. Everybody be on my Twitter timeline from years ago. That's very funny. But, yeah, that is probably the best version of Oi I That's have. That's very good. Uh, all right, one more from Galen in Alaska. Uh, they say. Highway Point crew, hearing all the talk about Stalker lately from Rob has really made me want to jump in and play it. I've had it in my library for a long time, but I've always been held back from jumping in by the choice of which mods to install before playing. It seems like there are two schools of thought on this. Do you want an, an experience as close to the original as possible uh, with only fixes like the ZRP mod? Or do you want something that has been modernized to look better, be more immersive, etc. at the expense of some of the things that made the game unique? like the complete mod. I've struggled with this before in games like Doom 3, where later editions allowed you to have a flashlight and a gun at the same time, (laughs) which might be a nice convenience, but takes away from what made the original so tense and anxiety-inducing. Or, in the Resident Evil remake, where they give you the option of the original tank controls or a more standard set. One option may be more modern, while the other might be more true to the original feeling of playing the game. 
My, yeah. my question is, when playing older games, which way does the Waypoint team tend to lean when faced with these choices? Modern convenience slash graphics are close to original experience as possible. Also, Rob, please help end my analysis paralysis and tell me which mods to install to get the definitive stalker experience. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work, Galen from Alaska. It's tough. This well, is a tough one. This I have the same. Well, I guess that's, that's like I remember when I try. I played a couple hours of Stalker, and I believe yeah, it was the complete mod was with all I installed when I did it. But I don't know yeah. if like the thinking. So there's there's a couple things. Um, the complete mod makes the game look great. Like it it brings it up to like Clear Sky and um, Call of Pripyat standards. They introduced a lot more. Uh, like uh, like I think there were DirectX. 10, 11 effects for those games. So there's a lot more. It, like they're just better. They're better looking games. They're they're better lit. Um, and Stalker Complete kind of introduced a lot of that stuff, or at least faked it well enough that uh, it would sort of pass for that. But it did sort of make the game a lot more manageable, uh, a little more mm. forgiving, or a lot of quality of life things. That said, the first time I played Stalker was Stalker Complete, and that's sort of the experience I I fell in love with. Um, going back to it today, as I understand it, Stalker Complete has kind of fallen into a bit of neglect, so it's just not huh. as, it's not as up to date, uh, and I think there, there might have been some new issues that have opened up with it, uh, that have not really been solved, that's the, that's the word at least, uh, in, in some threads I found, but here's the problem with Zone Reclamation Project, it's actually sort of an omnibus mo- uh, mod, at this point, with a lot Ooh. of additional sub options that you can toggle on within it, and so even if you're running ZRP, you still have this really extensive menu of changes and tweaks and quality of life things that you can adjust within ZRP, and all of them are to some degree like not you know canon stalker, but they're there and they're part of the mod. And I think you will slowly lose your mind uh, trying to deal with it. The only thing that is that you have to have, um, you can do this through the console commands or uh, or enable something within the mo- within the mod. You got to fix that head, Bob. Like mm. I have never like <laughs> almost I, like shooters do not make me sick. VR barely ever makes me sick. Within like five minutes of playing like Vanilla Stalker with ZRP, like I was just my head was throbbing. Like, I felt oh, wow. awful. It is the worst head bob I've ever seen. So you got to fix that. But yeah, play, go, go CRP, I think, these days. Huh, okay. That helps me as someone who wants to play that game soonish, too. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn on this one. I definitely have gone both ways. I. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like, it's especially when you haven't played the game before. Like, it's a question of, like, are those quality of life things the difference between you getting some semblance of understanding yeah. why people enjoyed that game to begin with and uh, never getting over the hump, right? So it's like, sure, like if it's a less pure version of the game, but like if you're coming to a game 10 years later, you've already like your own internalized knowledge for how games have changed, yeah, like already has ruined it. your ability to experience that game in its pure form to start. And so on some level, it becomes sort of a balance between uh, like, are you there to experience it as it was, or are you there to experience it in a form that you could find enjoyment in and scrape out right. some part of that experience that, like, 
allows you to better sort of like understand what people were talking about. And so I tend to lean on the the latter. Like I'm, I'm not a huge purist in that regard. And like, if I'm going into something like, I'll usually like ask people like, that's usually what I am doing. It's like, Hey, like I'm going back to revisit something like, like what it, what feels safe to kind of like, you know, edge off um, or smooth out in order to make sure that like I can get into it and have a good time um, and won't sort of like fundamentally disarm what was interesting about it in the first place and like there's usually thanks to i mean mostly on the pc i guess like there's like a nice set of you know usually mods where you can find a, a balance between um the two of those but yeah i don't i don't i consider nothing to be sort of like sacred abhorrent. or like yeah, 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 yeah no like or, or like it's uh i i've had experiences where i've gone back to games originally played them with mods and then you can also just start stripping that stuff out right so it's like if you find like Oh, like I'm into this. Right, like, right, right, right. I, I actually am more interested in the pure experience. Like it's easier to work backwards than it is to go forwards. Then you know, if you sour, if you hit on a it, wall. If you, if you right. Can't, right. If you get, hit a wall, then like, oh, you know, this made the map a little more intuitive. Like, I'm not sure that's going to be the thing that like <laughs> gets you into the game. But if you realize like, ah, shit, like this is actually I want something a little more intense or you know whatever the case may be for how those changes are happening. Uh, like, there's a quick aside like related to that. Um, you know, I'm playing through the some of the older uh, Mega Man games right. um, uh, on the, the Switch. There's a collection that's been out on other platforms, and that's coming out on the, the Switch. It came out last week, uh, I believe, and um, or it's coming out this week. I don't know the exact date, but um, it's soon or now or something. Um, and on 1 through 6, they have something called the Rewind feature, which means you just hold down a button on one of the shoulders uh and it rewinds the game in real time uh going back a couple of minutes uh at least and it is tremendous for someone that uh like Mega Man 1 especially is just a fucking unforgiving game it is not like hard fun it is just hard uh, because they hadn't quite found the balance that they started to achieve in 2 and beyond um and so like playing through like 1 and fighting the I can't remember what the boss is called. He's like the he's the the one with the big the big yellow yellow giant yellow golem. I can't remember what it's called. But it's the big yellow guy with one eye, and uh, like that fight is not fun. And but like what made it like reasonable was like for me to just hold down like that rewind button, like even going halfway through the battle, and like I still got to make the jumps, like I still got to make the shots, but it like allowed me to get through that game in about an hour and change and, like, have a fully satisfying Mega Man experience. Like, I made it through the game, like, of my own free, like, uh, skill. It's just that, like, I just allowed myself, like, essentially, like, a version of, like, a quick save and a quick load um, that skirted around things like lives and right. and stuff like that. And that felt like I had a very satisfying experience but could be considered one of those things that, like, well, it, that technically changes how they built Mega Man, but it's like, ah, fuck it. Like, it didn't make, like... <laughs> It, it didn't stop me from, like, having to, find like, find the patterns and jump through them. It just made, allowed me to short-circuit, you know, some of the time to reattempt it. I'll also say that there is – there's nothing wrong with, like, going through and doing the, the opposite thing uh, that, that you just suggested before, which is, like, seeing what that base experience is, but only as a, as a recon thing. Like, be real honest with yourself. Be like, all right, I want to play two hours of this game the way it shipped. Or like as close to as as it shipped as I can, and then I am just gonna fuck it up with mods. Um, I I wish I still had the time to get into the mod scene because one of my favorite things to do when playing games like New Vegas, uh, or uh, Skyrim, or I'm trying to think of other games that I spent a lot of time modding. Um, 
if I opened up Steam, I would find a bunch. But like, you know, going to the Nexus or going onto the Steam Steam uh, Workshop and just like finding a bunch of shit and just transforming a game until it is barely the thing it once was is a very fun thing. And understanding that as a separate thing can be really rewarding. Um, and I think maybe one of the big things to resist there is the idea that there that you need to have played the thing for it to have been a good time. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. it's okay to have to the to have played something else entirely. To have played a version of uh, Fallout New Vegas where you have what is basically a robot suit that has like a sprint mod added, and where you're getting giving yourself even more weird cybernetic enhancements and you know companions who 100% did not exist. I played through Skyrim. I put like you know 15, 20 hours in a in a game once uh, where I had as my home base this kind of empty museum that I was slowly filling up and was basically playing the Animal Crossing give stuff to um, Blathers version of that game. You know, where in, in Animal Crossing, the whole thing is like, you know, the whole thing, but one of the things you do is collect one of, of every animal and just like turn it into Blathers the Owl. I was doing that, but in Skyrim and with everything, every type of armor, every, I was just like, I have to build the perfect collection. Uh, I got to catch them all. And that was a like a fun, like surprisingly really fucking rewarding way to play that game because I was playing, you know, I was doing the danger quests, but like not to get good shit for me, just to make sure it's like, hey, that belongs in a museum, and I'm the one who runs the museum. Uh, and like, it's totally fine to, to to find versions of a game like that for yourself to play, uh, and and just like have that fun, and just and not worry about kind of checking something off of your list as the true version. Uh, as hard as it can be to give up on that on that on that desire, I know. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about waypoints. What are your waypoints for the week, Patrick and Rob? Is there anything you want to shout out? Anything you've been watching, playing, reading, listening to, etc.? I have a request. Yeah. My waypoint is I need help. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I believe, so I, I own a home. You know, you have things happen for the first time. We, just, we, got, a, we got a text message from uh, uh, one of our neighbors on a side of the house that, like, you can't really see, even if you walk around our house, but, like, they have a weird angle at it from next to us. And they said, we think squirrels have gotten into your attic. Uh-oh. Uh, and then I got home. Uh-oh. And I found, I found where uh, the squirrels uh, chewed through, like, part of the roof, like, in a really weird spot um, to get into the attic. I looked in the attic, and uh, the insulation has been... Uh, chewed up, but I did not find evidence of the squirrels. I am sure there are squirrels up there. So, before I investigate, like, going down the road of, like, I'm probably gonna have to call a, you know, whatever, you know, go through the whole thing and somehow get these squirrels removed. Uh, I'm curious if people have had experience with this, like, particular sort of instance, and, like, what did you do? What do you do about these squirrels? Come at me. Give, you, I've had this experience. Point, I've, I've, I've had, yeah? I, yeah, I had a place in North Bergen once that had, uh, a bad squirrel problem, and I told my landlord. All right, so, God, we live on the second floor of a house, and it was me and two mm-hmm. of my friends. And the owner of the house was this like very like he was a nice guy, but he was a little arrogant. Um, had a very like New York, New Jersey vibe to him. Like his suit was not a good suit, but he wore it like it was. He was always wearing it. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. and his dad was internal affairs 
in the NYPD, mm-hmm. and we would just like right. sit out on the front porch and like smoke a cigar. Uh, and one time, his so his dad and mom lived in the bottom floor, the downstairs, uh, yeah, downstairs. And one time, they had me help install DVD or help fix their DVD player, which absolutely had pornography in it, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, uh, she was very excited to watch it. I'm, you know, I'm glad I could fix her. Wait, the dude's player. mom. Uh huh. Cool. Um, and the we got a we got a we got a squirrel a couple of times. Uh, and the first time he brought me a uh, a metal like trap for the squirrel, where you just put some right. peanut butter on a cracker, you put it in there, and it's one of those like. Okay. You know, uh, squirrel goes in, can't come out. Like, like, right. like the door moves one way, type yeah. of things. Uh, yeah. And so I got it, and I took it outside, uh, and I took it like down the block, and I released it. And two days later, we got a squirrel again. And so I was like, "Yo, we, yeah, I've heard. We I did read that when you release them, you got to take them like a mile away, so so they can't find their way back." We released them, and I was like, uh-huh. "Yo, it came back." And so he showed up again with a baseball bat, and was like, "Yo, here you go. Oh. Take care of that." And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, and so what I did is I trapped that squirrel again, and we got in our car with a squirrel, and I drove uh-huh. to a cemetery pretty far away mm-hmm. and just let it go. And I was like, you got to – don't ever come back. As far as he knows, you're dead. That's why I took you to a cemetery. Just stay over here. <laughs> we just don't need to talk about this squirrel. Um, and that squirrel never came back. We never had a squirrel problem again. Yeah, that reminds me a lot you of know? Miller's Crossing, uh, yeah. where Tommy claimed <laughs> Yes, yes, 100%. Rob, have you ever had a squirrel problem? Uh, no, but I definitely did enjoy watching my shitty slumlord uh, neighbor just let squirrels destroy his entire roof. Uh, it was pretty amazing. Like, that place got Swiss cheesed by squirrels. Um, it was it was incredible. Um, it is, was... is that a... That's... Was that like a an insurance scheme? Like, Why? No, because he was a negligent landlord. Like, he was a complete oh, okay. fucking dirtbag. Uh, like, everyone in the neighborhood hated this guy because, like, everyone knew what he was doing. Like, he was basically just letting this place fall into complete neglect and then renting to whoever the fuck would put up with that. God, uh, that's Which, brutal. as you might expect, were people who tended not to put a lot of stock in the cleanliness and livability of their, um, you know, of their home. And so we had like, uh, you know, multiple like minor narcotics raids uh, happen next door. Uh, mm-hmm. The real high point was um, when one of my neighbors got in an argument uh, with a sex worker on his front lawn, and she snarled at him, "No, I gotta leave. I got a one o'clock. I've been riding you around all morning." Is not my problem. You can't bust. Wow! Uh, and then she looks up and she's like, "And by the way, you're wrong." And by the way, your fucking neighbor is sitting on his porch. So maybe you want to take it down a notch. It was <laughs> it was real good, uh, oh, and I was real glad to leave that neighborhood. Yeah. Also, okay, dude, sure. that was by the way. Sorry, that neighborhood. That neighborhood is fine. That was the that was the wild part of this whole thing. This was like. Faculty row, basically, in my old college town. And this one dude just, like, bought this one distressed house and just, like, laid waste to it. And in no time at all, the entire, like, in no time at all, like, lots of weird and bad shit was happening in that neighborhood. And he was kind of the canary. Well, it sounds like you learned a lot. Uh, Do you have a waypoint for this week, Rob? Yeah. uh, 
the terror which was yes. a series which i think it's wrapped up but it was, it's on a- amc but my god is this a hundred percent my shit um it is like master and commander meets the thing if that if that sounds interesting to you it is that does sound interesting yeah uh it is a 19th century like royal navy arctic expedition trying to find the northwest passage wait what was it called again the terror okay and so yeah they're up there trying to find the northwest passage and there's a lot of signs that like hey this is not a good idea um and they get stuck up there uh in 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 the ice and then they start to suspect that maybe they're not alone and it's good because it's like it's a boat full of like some of just the worst shitheads you can imagine. Like so, like there's a lot of sympathetic characters. There's it's got a tremendous cast. Uh, Kieran Hines is in it, uh, who is in Tinker Taylor. Um, Jared Harris is continuing to establish that he's one of the great character actors working these days. Uh, he's sort of the um, more competent of the naval officers on this expedition, the Cassandra type role. Right. Uh, but yeah, and the. The cool thing is, like, maybe, like, maybe they're being hunted just by a fucking pissed off polar bear. Or maybe they're being haunted by a monster that may or may not be, like, the embodiment of an Inuit revenge spirit. Right. And uh, it's it's an extremely slow show. Like, the, the moments of, like, let's say you're... Not actually that interested in like the questions of like the supernatural or like them being hunted or whatever. Then like the Nate, it's not a, it's less a show about the mystery of what's happening to them and more about like really long methodical like meditations on like shitty men trapped on a ship, <laughs> increasingly realizing they are fucked. Um, and so when stuff like quote unquote stuff happens, like it's more like punctuating moments. Um, over the course of like several episodes gotcha. that is just about pushing these people further and further into desperation. Um, and, and, and it's a show that like, like uses uh, sort of like the, the, the theatrics of horror and thriller as just a, a way of telling a st- increasingly tense story about like humans and, and people and what they do in a bad situation. Um, I haven't seen the last couple of episodes, yeah. so maybe it gets like way more into to that stuff as it goes along. But even if none of that stuff really appeals to you, one, it's not like particularly scary. Like it's, you know, it's a nerve wracking at times, I suppose, but like, it's not, it's not meant to scare you as much as kind of thrill you. And like, it is much more a character study of a group of men sort of like losing their minds. And it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really well done. I usually think TV, like, horror thriller stuff doesn't work very well because, like, the very nature of, like, advertisements, like, breaks all, like, all tension. that tension. Yeah, because um, suddenly... Because you, yeah. you go from, like, uh, uh, to, like, oh, and here's how we fix your, fix your penis. Arby's has all like, the meat. <laughs> right? That's actually yeah. the same commercial, um, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> we get into weird collabs uh, these days over at Arby's. But, yeah, I, I, I certainly echo uh, Rob's endorsement uh, as someone... Uh, even from the the side of like, um, liking horror and stuff like that in television, I, I think it works really well. It's a it's a, it's it's a, a gorgeous show, show too. Like if if you like like yes. just the terrifying immensity of the Arctic wilderness, uh, this is this has got it in spades, man. This this is a haunting show. Awesome. Uh, it's AMC. Yeah, I'm guessing is that okay? Cool. Um, 
Rad, I have the opposite thing, which is no tension. Well, still some tension, but no, like, uh, not slow in any way, not particularly heady. Uh, things do get fucked up. There's definitely, like, oh, no, I fucked up. Uh, and that is a game called Wizard of Legend, uh, which is, like, 15 bucks on Steam. I think it's the same on the Switch store. I've been playing on Switch. Uh, it is a roguelite uh, with... Um, very active, really, really rewarding and and great feeling combat. It's kind of a top-down action RPG where you have uh, one move on each face button and then you can gain more moves on your triggers. Um, and they're all spells. You're playing these kind of wizards uh, who are going through these things called the Chaos Trials. Uh, and you kind of build a, a collection of attacks that can kind of combo together in, in different really interesting ways. And there's a ton of different attacks and modifiers, just kind of the, the Binding of Isaac style um, special, like, relics that you get that can modify your abilities in different ways, whether that's letting you dash more often or increasing your kind of lightning-powered attacks. Um, it's a game that I am still pretty early in. I'm only, like, you know, four or five hours into, and I haven't unlocked a ton of new stuff. I feel like maybe the pacing on unlocks could be faster, but... The core of it is so rewarding. It's so it feels so good to dash around or to like combo, you know, uh, you know, summon a giant fist of of you know rock and slam someone in the back of the wall and make them dizzy, and then you know use your electric bolt attack, and then when they kind of wake up from their stun, to use your freeze attack to freeze them and keep them stuck, and dash, you know, then dash past them with your fire to to kind of keep them to do damage over time. There's like really fun combos. Uh, it has like kind of a pixel art style. Really, really, really good music. Uh, and it also just has, like, a really charming opening five minutes or ten minutes of you walking through this museum dedicated to the Chaos Trials of old. Uh, and it's just, like, a bunch of people who are, like, visiting the, the museum and taking in the sights. It's such, like, a, a – you know, the rest of that game is not does not necessarily have that exact tone, but it's such a nice way to set up that this is going to be kind of a, a much lighter game than something like Binding of Isaac. Uh, and it really sells the the – kind of very bare-bones setting in a really charming, almost Studio Ghibli-esque way. So that is my recommendation. It's called Wizard of Legend. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, Not in early access or anything. It is just out. It's just out. And that's another nice thing. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the game. This is it right here. This is it. Uh, I don't have to worry about it. It's not the dead cells of me being like, well, is that game out yet? Still not all the way? It's kind of getting there, but not 100%. Okay, I guess I'll keep waiting. Uh, so that is mine. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for us today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Patrick? Find me at Patrick Clubbing, tracking down squirrels. Get those, get those squirrels. People have squirrel tips. Send them to Patrick. I, I am pretty sure outside of, uh, my office, I saw, so like I, I cleaned out some of like the area, um, to just get a sense of like the scale of the, the hole, which I'm not going to be able to do anything about enough to hire someone to figure that part out. But like the, some of the remnants uh, we're down outside my office, and I saw a squirrel looking at it. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. That's you. That's you. <laughs> That's you know, you're like, why is this stuff down yep. here? Yeah, that was up on that roof. God. Mm, I'm on to you, buddy. Great. Rob, where can people find you? At Rob Zachman on Twitter. Follow Waypoint at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice, youtube.com slash waypointvice, and we do live streams over at twitch.tv slash waypoint. Uh, that is going to do it for us. Thank you, as always, to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, you can also... What else can you do? You can 
Maybe that's it. Is that the only thing you can do? Oh, you can write in your questions again one more time. Gamingadvice.com. Uh, use the subject question to, to get put in that old bucket, and, and maybe we'll dig your question out and talk about it for a little bit or make it a, apparently a whole episode like we did on Friday where we talked about AI and robots and and, su- and such, etc. I'm really mad. We, I forgot to talk about Nier Automata. I let you down, Patrick. You left and we did a whole episode about robots and I didn't fucking talk about Nier. I feel like an asshole. Wow. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. All right. Well, at least you're acknowledging your mistakes. Let's go out on that. Let's go. Listen, I'm so, so sorry. Danielle isn't here. So let me just say, I'm so, so sorry. Peace. 27 straight missed threes. 27! <laughs> just in a row. Drive the net! Walk it! Just drive just, the net! Just walk it in! Just walk it in! They're gonna give you those mid-range field goals, because you're not I wasn't fucking taking them! For the, it hurts so bad to watch that happen! Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.